You're listening to Agency Highway. This is a podcast for agencies that want to grow their business and work less. Agency Highway is sponsored by Content Snare, a platform that helps digital agencies gather content from clients without digging through a storm of emails, huge attachments, and messy Google Docs. Sign up at contentsnare.com and use the chat widget to say you heard about Content Snare on Agency Highway, and you'll get a 30-day trial instead of the typical 14. Now, here's this week's episode. G'day and welcome back to another episode of Agency Highway. Today we are talking about scoping your projects and we'll get into why that is so important really soon. Uh, But we're speaking with Jason Long. I was going to say from Brainleaf. Let's go with Brainleaf because really you're from like a hundred thousand things. But uh, thanks for joining me, man. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's so good to see you again. (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, we were just having a well, it's funny. We're just having a little chat beforehand like I do with most, most guests, except that little chat chat went for about as long as a podcast normally goes for. I'm actually just looking at my... I'm time tracking at the moment to see where all my time goes. And we're currently at 51 minutes and 13 seconds uh, since we started talking. <laughs> so hopefully we can remember what we've spoken about to actually uh, roll it into this podcast. But we met, man, like last year outside of a tiny little bar in Chiang Mai uh and realized that we kind of in similar industries you know development and we help agencies with stuff and you have a product that helps agencies scope work so yep. why don't you let people know a little bit about who you are and what you do uh all right my name is jason long um i've run a digital agency now for almost 20 years Jesus. i can't believe it's been 20 years yeah it's crazy it's crazy it really is you don't look that old okay yeah <laughs> it's funny because i i remember when you said that to me the first time i was like wait did you start an agency when you were like five <laughs> <laughs> you've uh you've aged very well sir oh thank you so much i, I i'm actually starting to see some gray in my beard Okay. And um, and I, I had to trim my beard before this this thing because it was all bushy and like gray, and I was like, I can't have that out there. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, um, twenty years. Yeah. So uh, say it again. So twenty years. Yeah, twenty years. It's been twenty years. Um, so over the course of twenty years, we've um, built JH Media Group. We've built so many other SaaS businesses, uh, so many other things. I've, I, I actually, I tell people, you know, I, um, if there's a way to burn down a, uh, a digital agency, I've probably tried it. <laughs> I, I have, I have failed in probably every single possible way. And, and, and by some grace of God, we're still, in business. I, I don't know. That's don't funny. Know. We should like, we should schedule another episode where you just list out all the things you screwed up so we can tell oh. people not to do that <laughs> we talk for like five hours by the sounds. We, we, we go for days on that. Um, <laughs> but one of the ways that we used to screw things up really badly when we first started uh, the, the company was by not scoping our work properly. And, um, and I hate, <laughs> I hate scoping work. I hate, writing those gigantic, you know, like we, we do big projects. We're, we're building like manufacturing ERP systems right now for, for factories in the U.S. And, and they're big, big, like multi-year projects. And so our, our documentation is like a thousand pages long. And I, I hate doing that stuff, but I'm the most senior person. And so like, 
Well, these days I don't do it anymore, but because we found somebody else that, that is capable of doing that. But for years, years and years and years, from little projects to big projects and like everything in between, that was me. And I hate it so much. Well, well, let's, let's like even, I know I can totally understand this because I mean, everyone avoids it. And this is why I want to talk about why scoping is so important, right? For, for several reasons. Cause I know most people don't do it. Like it, obviously it's part of quoting and, and for a lot of people, the, the way to quote a website seems to be like, um, three grand, you know, like they kind of just take a stab in the dark. And, uh, and hope it works out. And I mean, not only does that leave you open to get bitten like uh, on price, it's, it, the, the fact that you haven't got the scope written out also allows people to uh, we were take advantage of you. Time, yeah. And say like, Hey, but it should do this. And if you haven't got written it written down that it won't do that, then you could be in trouble. So yeah. I mean, do you have some horror stories or some other advice there? <laughs> I, you know, actually here, I, I'm, I will, um, I have tons of horror stories. I have so many, but I'm going to tell a good story instead. Okay. I, I'm going to, well, it's good for us. It's, I don't know if it's good for everybody, but it's, uh, so these days we are, we are so obsessive about scope. Like we're so obsessive. And, and I think also, by the way, a lot of this, uh, a lot of businesses, a lot of agencies, when you say scope, they don't even really know what you're talking about. You know, like they do, they, they have the idea, but there's no, there's nowhere out there that tells you how to do this. You know, like it, it's something, well, there is, you can look at Brainleaf, but, um, <laughs> uh, but I was thinking I have a, a book that I wrote on Brainleaf about how to scope projects, but I never finished it and I put it up halfway. So <laughs> it's a long story, but anyway, so it's a good story about this. We had a project we were doing, we were building an aspect of a um, ERP system. And it was a big system, a big like scheduling system. And in scheduling in ERP and manufacturing ERP uh, is like uh, what materials come in from the factory, go into what job on what machine, they get processed through what series of things. If you move this thing over here, does it push this back or does it not? And like, if you do this job ahead of this job, it'll let you know, like, this is what should be happening and like warnings and like, there's so much stuff that goes into it. Mm -hmm. But one of the aspects that goes into it is preparing it for shipping and, and the shipping module. And so whenever you're writing scope, you have, it's so important. Like if you talked about something with a client to, and, but you didn't plan to do it, like it's not in your scope of work for this particular thing to say in your scope of work, it's not a part of this particular thing. Like, the, you know, we're doing phase one and we talk about all this stuff and here's what we're building. And even though this other stuff isn't in here, you would think they would know, like, and we're not billing for this. Mm. But if you don't say like, this specifically is not in here, they will still come back and be like, hey, what about that thing we talked about? And you're like, yeah, you that $100,000 thing that we didn't bill you for. And they're like, yeah, we think that should be done. <laughs> yep. And this was the conversation that we had with this client. It was not a $100,000 thing. It was like a... Twenty to thirty thousand dollar thing, but it was a twenty to thirty thousand dollar thing, and somebody was smart enough to write into the scope of work. We're not doing this, the shipping module because we had lots and lots of conversations about it. We planned aspects of it out, but then they came back and they're like, "Where's the shipping module?" And they were like, "You could tell they were ready for like a, that that hard conversation where they were going to like twist our arms into building this." Yeah, and I was like, "Oh." hold on one second. Let me just, 
Oh, it's right here. It's oh, we're not doing that. Yeah, it's referenced in the contract. <laughs> we're so oh. ready to start this next phase with you. We're so excited. Oh, that's brilliant, man. I, and yep. it's it's hard though. Like how that that's a really like a a good one because you can sort of lump it all in and say we're not doing the shipping module. But how about like specific things? Like I, yep. I, I imagine it'll be very easy to overscope as well. Like I mean, no. No. no, I would not say so. We all right. So when we when we do scope documents these days, it is we take it down to the bottom. Like we, you know, we put in place, we put into our scope documents our SOPs. We put in like our pre-site uh, pre-launch checklist. We put in place. Um, uh, gosh, let me think. Like when you, when we're looking at a website, we look at like let's say the homepage. We don't just say homepage has some things like. This is what's on the homepage. This is how many images are going into that, that slider on the homepage. This is, these are the promotional boxes. This is what the text is going to be on it. This is what functionality they're going to have. We write that stuff up and then we can give it to the designer. The designer can fly through it then. He can make some changes or she can make some changes. And then we can go back to the client and say, well, you know, we planned for this. This is what you had signed off on. We're going to bend the rules. We're going to add these things. We're going to change this stuff. But we put everything in there, and, and that's actually that's actually the the uh, the real value of Brainleaf is that once you have the template that you're going to use, you can, or once you have that thing you're going to do all the time or that you do regularly, you can save that as a template and then reload it in, and then reload in all the other things that you do, and you have everything saved, everything done, all the hours in, all the pieces put together, and you look like a pro. When you when you go in to present that, because it's like here's like a 20 page document explaining exactly what you want on your site with every single thing laid out, and the the client's just like, oh, this is better than this is way better than that standard site map you get with like home thing here services. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can see that being really beneficial. Like uh, I've had that recently where I scoped something out because I knew it was quite a large client with like a legal team behind them and stuff like a, and I was, didn't want to open the possibility that anything like that could happen. So I scoped it out and they were super impressed when I, like I sent them this thing and they're like, no one ever scopes out like that. And I think you hit something really important there and like templating and, and reusing. I mean, that, that applies to everything. I mean, I, I try to get people to do this with content snare as well. Um, cause people will, I mean, it's one of our biggest hurdles is people don't want to spend the time setting it up, but it's like, no, once you've done yeah. it, you don't do it again. <laughs> like, yep. and, and, and now this saves you time forever going forward. It's like, um, it's like, like automation as well. It's this, I feel like a broken record saying it's sort of like this type. It's like a time investment. You spend this time and now you keep getting it paid back over and over. Like you, you spend an hour now and maybe it gives you back five minutes here and there. And after 12 weeks, you're like in a positive. You know, if we wind this up, maybe it takes us eight hours and it saves us one hour, eight weeks. Later. You, know, you know what I mean? Um, yep. I see it like it's really important to get these kind of things in place and reuse the crap out of them so you end up with more free time later. Um, one thing I wanted to ask on like uh, scoping, because I, I can see this as being pushback because I've seen people talking about this before, whereas they don't like to break down all the little features with prices because then it opens people to go, oh, can we take that bit out? Do you leave the prices in or are you just leave it, creating a list of all the crap that is going in? So... Well, I, so I leave the prices in. 
Okay. Uh, I always leave the prices in. If somebody wants to nitpick down and like take one little piece out, one little piece out, it's probably the wrong client to work with in the first place. True that. Yeah. So that that's number one. And number two, even though this is this is an interesting um, interesting piece in here, that even though we put all of our prices in everything, we're still selling on value. Like a lot of people are like, oh, you, you know, you're putting all your prices and you're not really selling on value, you're selling on time. I'm like, yeah, but our time's not cheap. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, like, you know, a, a, a small WordPress site with us is $10,000. So, you know, we're, we're st- even if you have that stuff in there, you're still selling on value mm. uh, or you still can sell on value. Um, but then uh, it helps you validate those hours. Because like a lot of times, if you give somebody a final price of like I don't know, 300 hours or whatever, $10,000, and they just have a bill for $10,000, or even sometimes you break it up in like content this much, development this much, design this much, there's still like, if, my, if my, I had a bunch of work done in my house recently, when that guy, when that guy came in, do my, the contractor came in, I was like, I want you to break this stuff down. I want to know what the heck you're spending my money on. Yeah, I'm like this too. Yeah. Yeah. And most people are, most business owners are like that. They're like, that's cool. I appreciate that you spend some time to break this thing into milestones, but what are you spending the money on? (laughs) What are you doing? Yeah. If a guy came to like fix, like, I don't know, like do a large job. Like we just had a, well not just did, but we got a deck built on the front of our house. Right. So that's a pretty significant project. It's not like, I don't know, put an air conditioner in or something. Um, you know, if they just came and went, oh, yes, uh, $50,000, I'm going to go, okay, now yeah. break it down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and so, so you can't it, take a stab at like a deck that you're putting on my house because <laughs> that's what it sounds like you've done. Yeah. So, uh, you know, like it, it's, um, it, it helps validate those hours a, a lot. And, and going back to something you said before about that, that one piece being, you know, using over and over and over again, there, there's another aspect of having, a, doing a really good job on your scoping is that if you get those templates written up, uh, which by the way, Brainleaf comes with a bunch of templates. So it's already written for you. You don't even have to do it. Uh, and like my templates that I wrote up for my business that are like super, super thorough are built into the system. Hell yeah! We're about to add a whole bunch of them. There's only uh, there's less now because we had some problems. But by the way, fix- I found that half finished book you were talking about. I'm totally going to link it up in the show notes about learning scoping. Yep, that's <laughs> it. It goes through the whole thing. It, it goes from like, all right, well, here, let me let me let me uh, go back, and then I'm going to talk about that for a second. Okay. So, um, a lot of times, teams forget to add things like um, setting up your code repo or setting up your environment, like setting up your hosting environment. It's like 20 minutes, right? Like you spin up a new WordPress site, it's like 20 minutes, right? Or, you know, but then like, let's say you're setting up your code repo, you got to send the emails for it, you got to get all that stuff done. Let's say, you know, you're going to have like informing your team that you got this new project and wrote an email to them. They're like, hey, we got to do this kickoff meeting. You're looking at like an hour and a half to kind of like get things started going. Depends on the project, depends on the size, depends on a bunch of things. But, you know, that's a good... Um, that's a good start. So um, when you think about it, let's say you do two projects that size each month. That's three hours a month times 12. That's 36 hours. You just lost a month or a week of work 
that you didn't bill for <laughs> because you didn't put in things like hosting and code repo setup. Yeah. And this happens all the time. And like when you look at your, your numbers at the end of the year and you're like, why the hell did we lose money on this? Yeah. That's why. That's yeah, why that's companies massive. lose money on it. Yeah, that's huge. A lot of people don't take into account so many things. That's why when I see like someone quoting a thousand dollar website still, I'm like, man, like you've yeah, barely got, you've barely got like the environment set up and the header image down before you're like breaking even. <laughs> yep. Uh, and exactly. not to mention like client sign off and the emails to the client, like just all that you've burnt through a thousand bucks in like immediately. Oh, easy. Easy yeah. yeah. Um uh, so, what was this? Okay. So anyway, so that was that on uh, on that. Uh, the other thing I tell uh, agencies having to do with this, like the the same thing, is if if you owned a grocery store, you would never just like let people walk in and like walk out with your apples or your <laughs> chicken or whatever, right? You would never do that because like who the hell does that? That's yeah. that's a dumb way to run a business. And what I find people doing with the same exact thing having to do with scoping is. When you let people walk out with your hours, that is your inventory. That's, wow. that's your money. Good analogy. So why are, you, why are you letting people walk out with your apples? You're running a bad <laughs> business. You're an idiot. Don't do that. That's a great quote. I think I'm going to have to like make that the introduction to the, this episode. Why are you letting people walk out with your apples? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, but, but by not scoping your projects, that's what you're doing. You're letting people walk out with your apples. Yeah. Totally agree. So I imagine at some point, like, have you been scoping since day one? Like, and like, like what I'm trying to get to here is how did you get to creating Brainleaf? Because was it just like, this sucks. I don't want to do this in Excel anymore. Like, <laughs> so, all right. So first off, it was what I was saying before that I didn't want to do it at all. It's funny <laughs> that we build a business around it, around something I hate doing. Yeah. But, uh, but the fact is, is like, I didn't want to do it at all because I, I started from the design perspective. I started as, as a business owner and a UX designer. And I was like, I got to scope these giant things and I hate doing it. So I'm going to build a tool where I don't have to do it anymore. Where I can like, it, what used to take me now, like hours and hours and hours takes me a few minutes, which is exactly what I wanted to build. That is, that is bloody good. Yeah, that's, and that's ideal, right? And this is exactly what we're talking about with the, with the time leverage. So that was always what you had in mind. You're like, I don't want to do this tedious shit anymore. Well, all right. So one, I don't want to do this tedious shit anymore. And two, what was happening is that I'm, I'm sure, tell me how many times this has happened to you. I'll just do a little experiment. Okay. Uh, you get a quote from a developer for 50 hours. I know uh, you check back in with them three weeks later and you're like, how many hours have you used on that project? They're like, I don't know, like 400. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not 400. Let's say, uh, let's say yeah. uh, 120. Yep. No, yeah, when, when was the last time that happened to you? Um, two weeks. That never happens to me anymore. <laughs> really? It never happens. How come? Because when we scope this stuff, the developers have to tell me how many hours go into things. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that developers never misestimate things, but it never happens that it goes so far over because what happens is when we estimate it up front, we put our hours into harvest. And we say these are each item has a set amount of hours. Mm -hmm. And so 
when you're adding your stuff into Harvest, that developer can see those hours ticking by going, I got three and a half hours. I got two and a half hours. I got an hour and a half before I got to be done with this thing. That's interesting. So, I mean, I, I can see how that would work for new dev. I think we've been, we've copped it pretty bad here in like technical debt, which I'm sure you'd be familiar uh, with. We had some developers yeah, in the early days. This, this is Content Snare. So for people like, I, I imagine Content Snare users are starting to get annoyed at the fact that we haven't had an update in a while. Uh, <laughs> and that's probably because, uh, probably it's definitely because this like, few changes we were planning on rolling out has basically turned into a complete rewrite and it's going to be version two of content snare. We're finally closing down on this, but like, this is the thing. It'll be like the, a, the new backend guy will be like, Oh yeah, this should take me about this long. And then he gets into the code and he's like, Oh God, like I'm, I'm basically have to rewrite this whole thing. Like it's not yeah. a, um, so that's kind of why we're getting screwed so hard at the moment in, in hours. But I can totally see like if this is something you are building regularly or, and you've got that experience, um, how it would be more accurate. And I love that whole, they can see the hours ticking down. In fact, I want to like see if we can do something like that. <laughs> I'll, I'll show you how to do it in, uh, in Harvest. We're not using Harvest, but um, I want to see if there is a way to do this. We're using Jira and um, Toggle, but... Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna investigate this after we uh, finish up. So we used to use Tempo uh, with Jira, and yeah. we had a hard time getting it to work with Tempo. Uh, the same kind of thing, but I can show you what we did there. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm very keen to chat about that later. Um, so, all right, where where are we up to anyway? Like, um, I guess we're kind of we've kind of really spoken about why why scoping so important and what to include, and you know, pretty much everything. Well, we we talked. We just talked all over one little piece. I, so this is the thing, like a lot of... Whatever you want to talk about, let's do it. Yeah. All right. So like scoping out things like your general processes, project management. So this is something really, really important. A lot of people don't do. I'm sure you've seen this many times talking to people is that they forget to scope out their project management time. Mm. You know, like that's something that, that's really important that we... Uh, this is a little lesson maybe some people can use that are listening uh, we plan out project uh, project management as 20% minimum of any project, of the development time on any project. Mm -hmm. And the bigger the project, a lot, of, a lot of companies, they start doing bigger and bigger and bigger projects, and they start lowering the project management time. We actually increase the project management time relative to the, to the total number of hours. So on bigger projects, rather than going down to like 15%, even though you have more developers and more stuff going, we actually increase it up to like 25%. I think because, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, it makes perfect sense, but people don't do it. Yeah. like People, people will shoot themselves in the foot over and over and over again and wonder why they lost money on projects and then go look at their, their project management time and be like, oh yeah, we spent like 500 times more time on this than we thought we were going to. Does this project management time include like dealing with the client or is that another line item again? <laughs> and how do you put uh, that in a scope that the client's going to see dealing with your shit? So <laughs> in my company, we, we have a pain in the ass fee that just is an increased percentage on top of everything else. And we just add it to the overall cost. Yep. Nice. And, but we don't, we don't tell them that. Yeah. But, you do. Well, you just yeah. basically have another column. Uh, what, like if I was doing this in Excel or something, it literally just times everything by like 1.2 or whatever for the pain in the ass. Yeah. You know, that's a hundred percent. Like, um, they did this in engineering uh, scoping when I was an engineer, you know, and especially like, and yet 
I mean, there's nothing stopping you from changing that number for clients that you know are going to be more of a pain in the ass. I mean, we we had a client that would do that. We were talking about before. They'd be like that difficult conversation where they would say, no, this is included. And we're like, no, it's not because we knew we had to have a tight scope for these guys, but we knew they were going to do that so many times that we had to add a, a new fee onto every project. Just multiply a little multiplier um, for all the hours. Yeah. The, the, uh, the client that I was talking about before that, that wanted to add that shipping module, they're a great client and they're, um, they're generally really easy to work with, but we could, it was one of those things that they just didn't want to pay for. Mm. Uh, and, and that's, that's a really important thing. When we have shitty clients, this is not really a scoping thing. This is business agency business thing. If we have shitty clients, we fire them. Yeah. Like, that, I don't have that, time This was that. like literally the project before we fired. Like it was like the yeah. phase three of three. Um, and this is, we'd learned our lesson in phase one. So we were like, we'll, fin- we'll still finish this. We did two and three and then they're gone. Yeah. Like we, we don't, if somebody's a pain in the ass, like it's not worth your time. It's Absolutely. not worth your stress. Like just don't do it. Yeah. Read. Um, oh yeah. All right. So talking about, um, we were talking about project management time increasing. But another aspect is um, uh, QA time as well. A lot of people mm-hmm. want to have a, a linear growth on QA time. is not nearly linear. The, the bigger your system, the more QA time you've got and the more um, test building time that you've got. And so you have to increase your QA and um, uh, test building um, mm-hmm. uh, estimates more based on the complexity of the system and it is generally, if you look in that book, there's actually a formula for it. It is uh, n times n minus one. It's a, a quadratic function um, that raises the uh, the time used versus the complexity based on the number of features. That's a little complicated, but if you look in the book, you can read it and you'll see. Mm, that's awesome. Yes, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes. It's uh, But you can also get there if you go to brainleaf.com and just click the is it learn scoping link in the header. Um, it's uh, very cool that you've got this whole book there just ready for people to read. Um, even if you said it's incomplete, it looks pretty freaking complete from everything I'm scanning through here. So it looks like a very in-depth guide. So thank you for making that available. Yeah, of course. Of course. I uh, I work with a lot of agencies just kind of helping them out, just seeing if I can make the lives better. And this is the, the, what's in that book is where everybody screws stuff up. It's things like how to set up your contract, how not to how not to undercharge, uh, how not to uh, under underestimate, um, man, yeah. a lot of stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. So how to uh, do the sale? There's there's some stuff about sales in there too. So yeah, pretty much everything you could want to know about scoping is there. If you want to dig into this topic a little bit more after listening to this podcast, I mean, there's a few things there that you can already uh, take and run and implement uh, in your business. So I would encourage you to also check out brainleaf.com, obviously, uh, Jason's software, so he, which is built to make this easier for himself and you. So um, what else? What else do we need to talk about here, do you think? Uh, well, how much time do we have? I've got uh, lots of stuff to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> um, to be honest, not not a whole lot more because um, we spoke so freaking long before this podcast. <laughs> Maybe I'll need to uh, get you back on another time. But um, I mean, you've got a lot going on. So I'd be pretty keen to talk a little bit about how I guess you manage. I know you have so many freaking companies. I don't know which ones you want to talk about and, and how you manage jumping between them. If that's what you want to talk about. 
Sure. Um, so, so right now I'm running uh, like 10 businesses <laughs> and, and really like it's too much, it's too much, uh-huh. but the, the, I've been doing it for a long time and I've got a pretty good, uh, most, well, first off, most of my stuff is in, um, is in SaaS development and in agency work. So I own a couple different agencies, actually I own three different agencies uh, and I own a fair number of SaaS businesses. And I have a few things that I've learned that I can share that make it really, really, really a lot easier. Sure. So I'm, Sounds I'm really good. make sure I got everything. I didn't prepare for talking about this. <laughs> um, the first thing, uh, if you're building a SaaS business, um, you have a lot of developers and a lot of marketers in SaaS. And what they want to do is they want to build stuff for something they know a lot about, which is development and marketing. And that's a problem because that both of those markets are really, really, really full of developers and marketers that are super, super picky about the way they want, they want things. And you have to build a really badass tool and it's going to be beaten by some big player pretty soon anyway. So it's hard. It's really, really, really hard to compete in, in development tools and in marketing tools. So if you're an agency owner and you know lots of stuff about uh, marketing, don't build tools for that because you're <laughs> going to get killed doing it. Instead, go to some very, very specific niche market where you, that you know a lot about where you can build a tool not a platform. This is the other, this is the next, uh, they tie in together, but it's really important. So a lot of people want to build a platform, which is something you have to work in like Asana or Jira, where you got like, you're working in that thing all day long. It's a big thing. And it has like, if you, if you're not used to building those tools, you don't realize how optimized that thing is. It is so fast. I mean, even Jira that people are like, oh, this thing is slow. No, I'm telling you that thing is fast. <laughs> like having to build this, this kind of thing, that thing is smoking fast. So like, it's got to load tons of data. It's got to do it super fast. It's got to be really easy to use. And that takes so much time to build. Instead, just build a super simple tool that does one thing where you, like, like you put like your some information, you get a bunch of information out. So people just go in, they get their information, they leave. They, they empty their pockets first and then they leave. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, this is, this is awesome because like uh, I'm giving a talk on, on pretty much a similar topic in a couple of months. And this is essentially what I was going to say too. Like I've got, I, I was telling you offline earlier that I have this idea for a platform that I'd totally love to build one day, but I'm like, if I do do it, I've got like these ideas for tools that will exist first, like these little pieces that can be used yeah. by themselves and eventually they'll all tie together. Um, and I mean, that's what content scenario is. It's a tool. I, I think um, there's a bit of training around this in like some of the SaaS spaces I, I go in where it's like pick, an, like pick a niche, find a problem and build a tool for that. Um, and, and every time I've seen someone building a full platform, it just looks like an absolute nightmare. Yeah, it is. It's an absolute nightmare. I've, I've done it. It's, I mean, we, we've done it. We've done it over and over and over and we're actually good at it, but it's still a nightmare. It's just, just it's not a nightmare. It's just so much work. <laughs> and, and it's, if you're building a, a SaaS business, you want to do something that's going to make money. I mean, like you, if, if you're building, if you're a big business, you're a big mid-market business or an enterprise business, you're building a, like a big piece of software to manage a big business as a different story. 
But if you're, if you're an agency and you're building a SaaS product, my strongest recommendation I can give you is build a simple tool for a market where there's no developers and there's no uh, marketers in there, like the energy sector or banking or, you know, some, or high finance. You'd be surprised. Those guys, like, they're real good at Excel, but they got some other problems. Um, <laughs> you know, manufacturing is a really good one. Like, there's so many places where there's the tools are like VB6 tools that are used every single day. And there's so much easier ways to do things. Yeah. And when, when we as agency owners look at it, we're just like, I can't, I can't yeah. believe you're doing this. <laughs> yeah. And, and this is the thing as an agency, it puts you in a position to find these problems so much easier than the general population. Yep. And that, a little bit of me is like, wondering if I need to do some more agency life stuff just to, to have my finger on the pulse a bit more. Cause obviously the further we get away from that, the, the less ideas I have, um, you know, I, I can have ideas for stuff in my own, like my day to day stuff now, but I don't see a lot of different client stuff. We've just got the one or two big clients now. Um, but like, that's how all our ideas have come about. Uh, so like, our previous product, Silver Siphon, we tried to solve something for a client uh, and we couldn't and we ended up building a product to solve it that a lot of people had the same problem in in a kind of accounting and bookkeeping. That was the space it was in. And, you know, that became like a really sweet business that we were able to scale and sell pretty quickly. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the way to do it. That's exactly the way to do it. Um, and, and I think that, uh, all right. So anyway, so if you can build something, if you're building, like going back to the original question, mm. uh, how do I manage all this stuff? Build stuff that's going to sell, that's easy to build, that's fast in an, in an industry where there's no competition. And then it's easy. And then like, you're not competing with anybody. You don't have to like work that hard and you make some phone calls and every phone call you call, you get a sale like, oh, that's, that's really easy. <laughs> like, you know, like people have a hard time with client acquisition but if, you know, if you're even an okay salesperson, which if you're an agency, you almost definitely are. Mm. Um, if you can just call somebody, you've got something they need to have, and it's a software platform that's at any reasonable price, and it's just a phone call, then it's an easy thing to set up. You know, the, they say, you know, sales, sales uh, cures all. Easy sales cures even more. Oh man. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, yeah, I, I think you've yeah, made a little bit of a mistake with content snare in that regard, you know, like, uh, we are selling to pretty much developers and marketers, even though it's not a development or marketing tool. Um, it's just like these, these people have so many tools that they're already using. So it's like adding one more to the thing, even though it does save time, it's like SAS fatigue is a real thing. Um, yep. whereas, you know, we've had a few enterprises sign up and they're just like, yeah, give me the thing, please. <laughs> so yep. yeah, it's a whole nother thing. So, you know, we, we need to sort of look at our future and go, um, how do we, like, I don't want to ditch agencies. I never will do that, but we might have like a, a product that has sort of enterprisey features. Like it'll be choose whether you're an agency or an enterprise kind of thing. Um, so yeah, that's, that, that's where we're going to go, but, uh, listeners don't need to know about this stuff. So I'm thinking, um, we could wrap up here and just sort of talk about, like finish up on. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry. I had another, another piece okay. on it. So yeah. We talked about the SaaS side. We didn't talk about the, 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 um, agency, agency side. Yeah, I don't know that. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's keep going. <laughs> so, all right. So on the, on the agency side, oh, I've kind of messed it up, man. Like, 
I don't know. Like I haven't been great at actually managing my time with that. We, we do these same thing as you. We do these big clients, pay us lots of money. And my experience is that when you're doing that kind of work, you have to have expensive people doing complicated jobs with a high liability. Mm. And what I think is the best way to manage that is just to have, just to find the right people. If you've got really, really, really good people working for you or working with you, um, then it's easy. And, and I, I can talk a lot about management philosophy and leadership philosophy. I don't know if we have time for that today, but I feel I like- I would like to get you back on to talk about that in another episode if you'd like. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, I, we try to like keep these like, I guess, actionable around one topic each time. Um, I'd be happy to go on for a long time and talk about a whole bunch of stuff, but um, I would also be just as happy to- do this again and talk about management and leadership because I feel like that's something I need to know a shitload about. I'm not very good at it. Um, or maybe find someone to do it for me. <laughs> no, you got to do it. At the size of your business, you, you got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. But, but there, there's a few things that I've learned over the years that I think um, I, that made it a lot better for me that, that you know, really, really that changed my entire culture, my business and changed tons and tons and tons of stuff so i'm happy to share that with you i'm so Absolutely. happy to share it with you. well let's de- let's definitely reschedule this in then to talk about uh that is there any else we think you can cover quickly uh like some right. wisdom for agents yes all right yeah agency stuff okay um once again focus on a niche um do something as focus on a niche put in place uh processes that are really easy to to scale and really easy to uh, like a, a productized services basically yeah. you can do a, agency work with productized services productized services agency and that can be really really scalable running a big agency that does lots of stuff that's really complicated is all about just people it's all about the people and it's all about the right people and managing them consistently and well that makes that's what it's all about, in my opinion. Boom. There's a yeah, lot I, of other stuff like managing revenue cycles and contracts and scoping and all the other things. But I think at the <laughs> end of the day, it comes to people. So it sounds like you got to write another book. I, I, I've got oh, so for your yeah. for your readers or for your listeners, um, there's the other book I am working on: I How know. to Kick. <laughs> Okay, that's how, how to kick sass. You do it. Yeah. You do it. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. no, no, no. It's just funny because I was like, uh, these guys didn't know uh, you already have two books kind of out there, and then now I'm telling you to write a third. That was kind of my joke, but um, like how to how to kick sass uh, is, dot com is uh, one of Jason's books, and I was just having a glance through it. Some things that I need to check out. Obviously, running a SaaS product as well, um, but. Where else, like just before we wrap up, where else can people go to find out more about you and, and yeah, um, businesses if they're interested? You can take a look at jasonmlong.me. Um, and by the way, that How to Kick SaaS book is not done, but it is, there's a lot of stuff. I just put it out there for free for anybody that wants to not throw a ton of money away building SaaS products or building large applications. Mm. Uh, it's all the ways that I've screwed things up over the years, like 300 pages of what, the ways I've screwed things up. <laughs> and yeah, what, what I was most impressed at is the fact that it was no opt-in. You could literally just go and click on it and uh, read it, which is impressive. So thank you for that. Of course. 
Um, what was your last question? Just where that? else can people go to find out more? Obviously, brainleaf.com is yeah. uh, is one of the, mo- the main places. Uh, if you're going to get into scoping and, and you want to try out uh, Jason's tool, Brainleaf, head over there. Where else? Uh, JH Media Group. JH Media Group. That's your yeah. development agency. That is my development agencies. JH Media Group, Brainleaf, uh, jasonmlong.me. I got to make sure that contact form still works. I haven't looked at it in a while. I think that's uh, but enough, it does have otherwise, a list. You, otherwise people just won't know where to go and, uh, and end yeah. up in none of them. This is like the classic uh, too many choices problem, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go and check out Brainleaf, uh, and, um, yeah, I think, uh, wrap it up there. Jason, thank you so much for jumping on and sharing your wisdom. I can't wait to chat again, uh, because obviously you've got a lot to share in this space and I think we could probably go on for freaking days. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. It was so good to see you. It was so good to hang out. <laughs> thank you so chat much. and talk thank about you. stuff. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, man, as always, great to chat. And I will talk to you again soon, I'm guessing. Yeah, absolutely. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys, for listening. Uh, if you feel like winning a year's worth of content snare, please head over to wherever you listen to your podcast, be that iTunes or Stitcher or whatever. Leave a review. Uh, and screenshot it and send it to support at contentsnare.com. You're going to the draw to win a year's worth of Content Snare. So yeah, thanks again. Thanks for listening and I'll see you in the next episode. Discover how to grow your agency, earn more and work less at agencyhighway.com. Head over there to get resources from this episode and full transcripts. See you next time. This episode was brought to you by Content Snare. If you're a digital agency or just need to get content or info from your clients, Content Snare can help you collect it on time and without enormous email trails. Give it a try at contentsnare.com.